we're going to jump into a new series today that started from something that I was talking about on Friday. If I back up just a little bit on Monday, one of the questions that people ask Pastor Edwin and I all the time, they ask us basically the practical side of how we changed our mind. How do we change our mind about marriage? How do we change our mind about money? How do we change our mind about those things? And so I had promised on Monday, since I knew I was going to be out tomorrow, I had promised on Monday that I would do a pop-up on Friday. So I did a pop-up on Friday. And I thought that I was going to talk about transforming your mind around money. But as I really begin to study it and really begin to think about it, I realized that whether you're transforming your mind about living right, not cussing, eating better, um, you know, walking in health and healing, money or a new job, you're really walking through the same process in order to do it. And there's some are. characteristics in order to do it. Yeah. So on Friday night, I taught this message about be the revolution. I was talking about how I really made it a masterclass. Now, this won't be a masterclass. This will be more like a preaching because it's Sunday morning. But I want to pray. And then I really want to set us up for this um, because I think that there is a mindset we have to have. How many of you want to transform your life? How many of you want to have everything that God has for you? If that's you, put it in the comments. How many of you want to live a life that's pleasing to God? How many of you want to see your family break generational curses and you want to walk in better health and a stronger mental state, right? And so if those are the things it's not just enough to want to do it. There are things we have to know about how to do it, right? So listen, I'm going to do what, since you usually set us up, can you pray yeah. since I'm going to set us up? Yeah. Okay. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity to come before you once again uh, in front of these, your people. We ask that you would give us wisdom, insight, and understanding even more than what you shared already, that we may be able to share these with your people, that they may hear your word, they may grow as a result of your word, and they may live their lives better as a result of your word. We ask that we uh, come, that you come against any hindrances, uh, technological, uh, whether there be uh, you know, anything that tries to stop the internet from working, uh, people's computers or devices from working, any distractions that may cause them to miss something, we come against it in the name of Jesus. And we ask that you allow these, this teaching today to be a hallmark in their life that catapults them to living their best life, that they will be people who have their minds changed, have their hearts changed, they will see things differently, and as a result, they will be differently and behave differently and receive differently. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Now, if you guys know us, you know that one of our favorite scriptures is Romans 12 and 2. Romans 12 and 2, but Romans 12 and 1, it tells us to present our bodies as a living sacrifice, right? That we've got to present our bodies as a living <clears throat> sacrifice. Um, holy and acceptable unto God. It says that that's our reasonable service. Go ahead and tell your neighbor, it's your reasonable service to do it God's way. Mm -hmm. If you're a born again believer, it's your reasonable service. We used to say years ago, you remember this when we first started the ministry, we used to say, you your, when it says it's your reasonable service, that means that C work in the classroom. Mm -hmm. Like you, it is it's not. It's the least you can do. It, it's the least you can do. It's your reasonable service to present yourself to the Lord to in the same way. Yourself to present yourself that the Lord gave you back to Him. <laughs> yes, it is your reasonable service to do it God's way, right? And then it says, but don't be conformed. It says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Don't be conformed to this world's way of thinking. Mm -hmm. He says, because if you're conformed to this world's way of thinking, you're not going to do your reasonable service. Right. If you're conformed to the way the world thinks, you don't think it matters whether you have premarital sex. Mm. You don't think it matters whether you get drunk. You don't think it matters whether you cuss people out. You don't think it matters whether you use your gifts. You don't think it matters whether you apply for a promotion when God tells you to apply for a promotion. When you don't present yourself, you think you have options that you actually don't have. Right. And here's what I'm saying. I am not saying that you don't you can't do what you want to do. What I'm clearly trying to get us to understand is that if we don't do what the Lord is telling us to do, we do not have the right to have what the Lord has there for us. There you go. That's right. You have the right to do anything you want to do. You can treat your body any kind of way you want to. You can treat your mind any kind of way you want to. You can treat your family any kind of way you want to. You can live any kind of way you want to. But if you live any kind of way you want to, 
you're never going to get the things that God wants you to have in the earth realm. And you're opening the door for the enemy to steal, kill, and destroy from your life. Yep. Right. But how many of you know that in the society we live in, sickness is normal? Sickness is normal. That fin financial struggle is normal. Yep. Living according to your flesh is normal. Yep. So if you think about it, which is the point that I was making on Friday, is that what God is really asking us to do is to both join the revolution and to be the revolution. Mm -hmm. He's asking us to join the revolution and to be the revolution, mm -hmm. right? Now, why do I say he's asking us to join the revolution and to be the revolution, right? How many people know that there are people who wear t-shirts that say they support causes, but they never put any skin in the game mm -hmm. toward the cause, mm -hmm. right? So he's saying to us, I'm asking you to live contrary to the world, which is in fact a revolution. Now, when you hear the word revolution, what do you think? What do you think when you hear the word revolution, right? I'm going to give you two definitions of the word revolution. The first definition of the revolution that we're going to look at is a revolution is a continuous process of innovation, evolution, or transformation in a particular field, discipline, or area of endeavor. So a revolution is, what we learned from this, is that a revolution is continuous. It is a continuous process of innovation, evolution, and transformation. It is a continuous process. Somebody say continuous, right? BJ said, when I think revolution, I hear growth. Nate says, I hear change. So it, a revolution is a continuous process of change. It is a continuous process of growth, which is why the Bible says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind, which is why it's so important for us to understand that when we get born again, we are beginning a journey, not ending a journey. Yeah, I, when you look at the, when you look at those words and it says revolution, it talks about the continuous process. To me, when I hear that, I think about ongoing. It's something that's happening all the time. It's not something that's, it's not a one and done thing. It's something that's happening all the time. When we think of innovation, innovation means it's getting better. Something I'm doing is, even though I may be good in one area, I'm improving in that area. When I think, when I see the word evolution, right? It's a continuous process of evolution. Evolution is becoming something else. It is, it is a new adaptation. It is, it is being able to, uh, to move and do things in spaces that I haven't done before. And then when it talks about transformation, that word transformation is becoming something else. And so really this idea of a revolution is about learning, first of all, it's not a one-time process. I got to get better at what I'm doing. I got to be, I got to get, I, I got to not only get better at what I do, I got to be able to do things differently and then I got to become something new. And so to me, that's like, that's, that's revolution is a big thing. It's a big change happening. And if you think about it, that's what salvation is. It is. He, he makes our spirit new because mm -hmm. we never could have done that. But then he says, <clears throat> use my word, partner with the Holy Spirit and let me take you on a continuous process of innovation, mm -hmm. of evolution and of transformation in what we would say was different from the world's definition in every area yeah. of your life. Right. In that, that's why our motto is, hey, we are a church teaching you how to walk in love, live by faith, and so, experience prosperity yes. in every, every area, area of yes. your so you life. In, every, in area. every area of your life. Now, there's another definition that I like better. I like this one better. This definition right here is a forcible overthrow of a government or social order in favor of a new order. We just told you it is normal to live in sin. It is normal to walk according to your flesh. Sickness is normal. We have gotten so used to the fact we have moved from the days that people just die when they're old. We are so used to people dying from cancer, from Alzheimer's, from all types of disease. We are so used to poverty that we're not even moved by it anymore. We are, he says, so a revolution is going to be a 
forcible overthrow. It's going, we have to overthrow the old way. So when the Bible tells us to present our bodies as a living sacrifice, to be transformed by a, the renewing of our mind, he is saying overthrow the old order mm -hmm. and establish a new order. Mm -hmm. Tell your neighbor, it's time to overthrow it. Overthrow the old order and, 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 it, and bring in a new order. Like we talk about how we didn't grow up in families that had happy, healthy marriages, right? In order to build a happy, healthy marriage, we had to overthrow the social order that we knew in order to establish a new order. Is this making sense to you guys? We didn't, we didn't come from a family with money. We didn't come from that. In order to build wealth for our family, we had to overthrow the government of our family, overthrow the social order of our family in favor of something new, yeah. right? Now, there is a scripture. If you look at John 11 and 12 in the Amplified, it tells us, it says, from the days of John the Baptist, from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffered violent assault and violent men seize it by prize, seize it by force as a precious prize, right? Let me tell you what I think a lot of people are missing. We don't see the promises of God as precious prizes that we use to overthrow the agenda of the enemy. Mm -hmm. So we get married and we want to be happily married, right? But we don't understand that what God is telling us that since the days of John the Baptist, we're going to have to take what God is saying, not take it from God because God is freely giving it to us. We're going to have to take it because we live in a world that it's not normal. And you have to take it by force because you have to remember the Bible tells us that it says, don't be deceived. We have an adversary. And that adversary doesn't want us to possess what that precious prize is. Even though it's been granted for us, he wants to cause us to either have a misunderstanding. He wants us to have fear. He wants us to have doubt. He wants us to have unbelief so that we won't lay hold of what has been promised to us. And if we don't lay hold to what has been promised to us, then we cannot have this ability to forcefully overthrow. In fact, we think that we are we are stuck in the system and that we can't overthrow the system. And I don't want to use this example to, to, to make it a mirror image, but it's like the idea of slavery. People nowadays go, but it was so many more slaves than it was the slave master. But they saw themselves as a part of the system. And when you see yourself as a part of the system, when your mindset is that we can't get out of this system, then you 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 relax and become part of the system. That's what the enemy wants to do. He wants to enslave us into sin. He wants to enslave us into fear. He wants to enslave us into doubt and unbelief. He wants us to, to be enslaved to sickness, to disease, to financial difficulties. Why? Because if we see ourselves as being enslaved there, we won't fight the overthrow. No, that's so good. I think that's a great example that you use. The enemy wants us to believe there is no way out. Yes. The enemy wants you to believe you cannot stop overeating. You cannot get off of drugs. You cannot stop fornicating. You cannot still stop living paycheck yep. to paycheck. Yep. He wants you to believe there is no way out. And I want you to hear me, guys. He, in the same way, I love that you use the slave master example. Because one of the things we know when we study slavery is that they gave them Sunday off to go to church because they realized that if they could pacify them with a religious experience, they would go back to slavery and do it again for another seven, they, six days. They used religion to inoculate them, mm. to make them feel like we can do it for another week. And that's how we even got into this idea that it's going to be better in the sweet by and by. But that's not what the word says. The word says we ought to experience days of heaven on earth. Well, in order for us to experience those days of heaven, of, uh, those days of heaven on earth, we have to do what that definition says, which is to forcibly overthrow the system. What's the system? The system that the enemy has designed to keep us in bondage, keep us in sickness, keep us in disease, keep us broke, keep us with busted relationships. We have to overthrow that. And we've been given the power to do it. 
No, that's right. Because the Bible says we walk by faith and faith is a force. Yes. So I use my force. A supernatural force, according to our definition. A supernatural that comes force. from God. Come on. That's been given to us as believers so that we can partner with God and bring his will into the earth. I got to tell you this. You are <laughs> such a teacher. You are such a teacher. Even though I wrote that definition, I only know it as a paraphrase, <laughs> and you know it word for word. It's I'm gonna I'm gonna memorize this definition for real while we're on vacation because, like your mind, I love how your mind is set up. It's how I used to study. I, I actually I didn't I didn't paraphrase things when I studied. I, I'm, if that's what it said, that's what I learned. <laughs> no, I love that. It's, so it's a supernatural force, yes. right? So God gives us his word for it to become alive in us, mm -hmm. for it to become a supernatural force mm -hmm. for us to say we are no longer taking what is natural in the world. Yes. So when we are talking to you about changing any area of your life, we are talking about revolution. Everybody yes. put revolution in the comments. Revolution. We are talking about revolution. It will be televised. It will be televised. <laughs> this revolution will this be televised. Revolution, the revolution. world will see what's going to happen when the children of God stand up and take their rightful place. And we really need you to understand this, that until you join the revolution and you become the revolution, what do I mean? Let yeah. me give you a good example. It's not enough to join the revolution and say, I know it is the will of God for me to have a healthy marriage. Mm -hmm. You must become the, you revolution. Must become the revolution. You must become a healthy you must marriage. Overthrow. You must overthrow divorce. Yes. You must overthrow apathy in your marriage. You must overthrow generational mm -hmm. curses, right? And I think the thing that people miss about us, right, is that we are revolutionary people. Mm -hmm. Literally, this is how our mind works. When we find out there is something in our life that is that, that does not match what God said, we begin to dig deep in the word for the purpose of revolutionizing our own psychology first. Yes. Did you hear what I said? Goes back to Romans 12 and 1, give your body first. We we we, we do it first for our, ourselves, our own psychology. I like we, that. We, we, we literally say we use the word to, to renew, to refresh, to revitalize our own psychology. And as we get more and more full of that, we begin to take steps. Now, I'm using marriage again today because the reality of it is, is that when we first made the revolutionary decision that we were not getting divorced and we were going to be happily married, we did not have all of the tools, mm -hmm. but we committed to an ongoing process. Mm -hmm. It is the reason that we say that we've been married 29 years, but we're on marriage 5.0 yeah. because we don't have any shame in saying we need a factory reset. Yeah. We don't have any shame in saying we have some bugs here and we need to work them out. We don't have any shame in that. Right. And then we had to forcibly overthrew, throw everything we thought we knew about marriage. Mm -hmm. How many times have we had to forcibly overthrow what we believed about marriage? Lots. How many times have we forcibly overthrown what we know about money? Mm -hmm. we, we, you were taught, I'll never- Because the first part of that definite about revolution is the continuous innovation. It's a continuous evolution. It's a continuous transformation. That is the reason that when we identify an area that needs to be updated, we don't have a problem with it because we see ourselves as, as revolutionaries. When you see yourself as a revolutionary, you'll go, you know what? This is an area of my life that's not just like I believe God says it is. It's time for some innovation. It's time for some innovation. This is the area of my life that's not like God said. There's time for some evolution in this area. This is the area of my life that's not like God said. It's time for some transformation in this area. Is this resonating with you guys? Listen, if it is, we need you. We, you know what we need you to do when the broadcast is going on. We need you to give hearts. We need you to give fire. We need you to share. We need you to tag because that's how it gets up in the analytics, right? So I was thinking about this. I remember when, um, when we first learned, when we were learning about money, right? Mm -hmm. And when we were first learning about money, they would say, take all your money and pay off your debts. Mm -hmm. And we would take all our money, 
and pay off all our debts. Because listen, we didn't come from money. We both had credit card debt to get through school. We had student loans, all of those different we things. We had them right? credit cards for when they would come to campus and give them water bottles. And a water bottle, a, baby. A frisbee and a t-shirt. Give you a $600 credit card and that's how you paid your, your rent. And, and so <laughs> what 21% people, interest. So what people would say is, why did you do that? Well, when you don't have family that can help, what else do you and do? And when you lack knowledge. And when you, when you don't know. When you, you know, don't one of the know. things that we talk about all the time is the need for financial literacy starting in elementary school you know absolutely so but so here's the thing is so we were listening to people that were saying pay off your debt first yeah three times we paid off our debt first yeah. instead of building a savings yeah. and then some and life would happen right because life go life because life is go life yeah and then life would happen and then what would end up happening? We would end up using those same credit cards again. again. Yeah. So then we started looking for other solutions, right? Then we started saying conversations like this. The people that are telling us this, do they actually have wealth? Yeah. Or do they just not have debt? Right. See the difference? See the difference? See, innovation. Innovation. Evolution. We're listening to some people. Transformation. Their information sounds good. Except their information doesn't take into account that we don't make a lot of money. And so if our if 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 we need tires, right, we gotta have tires to go to work. Yeah. So the only thing we're gonna be able to do yeah. is to go use those credit cards again. Yeah. And it was frustrating. We went through that about three or and four years. It creates years. a cycle, and that cycle, man, you get so frustrated with the cycle, it almost Will, will capture you into the idea of, well, this is just part of the system. This is, this just, is just part just of the system. This is just how it works for me. This is just going to be my life. And that's the, that's the design of the enemy, to use ignorance, to use doubt and unbelief, to, to use you against you so that he can get you trapped into the system. Did you hear that? The strategy of the enemy is that he takes a non-renewed psychology yes. and uses you against yes. you. Most of your warfare is you against you. Do y'all understand that, right? So what happened is, is that we happened to hear somebody say who had a little more money and they said, never pay off your credit cards first. Yeah. Always get three months of living yeah. experience. Build, build for you first. They said, pay yourself, pay yourself first. first. They were actually a believer. They said, tithe first yep. and pay yourself. Yep. They said, if you don't pay the other people, pay yourself, pay yourself. first. And it was a hard concept. It, it, was hard. it wasn't as hard for you, but it was really, really hard. Oh, it was you, really hard you, for you. You got it. But for me, I was like, man, we can't not, we can't not, you know. But the, but the reality of it was, until we learned to 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 tithe, pay ourselves, then pay our bills, we didn't turn things around. And the the challenge for many of people is that you. You tie, but you don't pay yourself anything, mm -hmm. not even $10 a month. So here's what happened. When you take all of your energy to pay off your debt, what happens when a crisis comes? Mm -hmm. What happened? And, 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 and what we want to get to the point is that here, here's here what I'm about to say. Hear my heart on it because we've been here. The reality of it is, is that needing a new refrigerator should not be an emergency. Right. But if you don't have savings, it, it is, is an emergency. emergency. Yeah. Okay? Needing new tires. Listen, we got tall kids. I can remember. <laughs> we were just laughing about this other yes. day. I don't know if yes. anybody has felt this. If you short, if y'all short, you may not get this. I cannot tell you the number of times I wanted to cry because we would buy one of our, our kids would be flooded. And sometimes it was multiple kids because we had them almost in sets. It was it was Taylor, and then we had the boys, then the girls, you know? It was, it was like, come on. So a kid would outgrow their shoes. If you got tall kids, they literally, they literally can grow in a week. Yeah. They can grow in a week. They would outgrow their shoes, they would outgrow their pants, we would go buy the new stuff, and they would have another growth spurt, right? Two weeks in, three weeks in, and that used to be so frustrating. Because you had, because you couldn't send your kids to school flooding. Because you can't couldn't send, wear. Because you go get your kids low self esteem if you send them to you school. You couldn't flooding. send them to school. They were a size of nine now. And they were in the school shoes you bought two weeks ago was an eight. And so we had to be willing to overthrow what we knew. Yeah. Now I want you to hear this. That meant we had to stop taking the advice 
of some people we deeply loved and valued. Yeah. We had to say, if you look at their life, do we want what they have? Do we want their life? Do we want their life? That was a hard question. That's we just said it like that. Do we want their life? Do we want their life? We love them. We respect them. We honor them. But do we want their life? Do we want their life? So we had to learn. And Pastor Ellen really did struggle with it. Because once I got it, I was like, it's not that we're not going to pay the bills off. Like here, and, and, and this is the, you guys may not agree. You don't have to agree. We're just telling you what we did. So people are like, I'm accruing, I am accruing 21% interest. Yes, you are. But you also don't have it. Once you pay them that money, you have nothing left for any emergency. And then as soon, and because here would be the setup. As soon as you pay them off, yeah. life was go life. Yeah. And then something was going to happen that you didn't have the money yeah. for. And so we had to make a radical, a revolutionary position, right? Yeah. If you're going to change your health, you're going to have to take a revolutionary position. The, um, the, the, um, the analytics tell us that 75% of Americans are overweight. Yeah. You're going to have to understand. I said this the other day. If you eat like your grandmama, you're going to look like your grandma. I'll never forget when Jimmy told me that. He was like, look at your daughters. Look at your mama and your grandmother. He said, your daughters tell you what you what you should look like, and your mother and your grandmother tell you what food does. <laughs> now, that, that, no, that's, that's a <laughs> yeah, real thing. Real. I remember he said to me, you don't have big knees because your grandmama had big knees. Right. You have big knees because you eat like your grandmama ate. Now, here's the problem in a revolution, that in a revolution, there are things that get offensive because now it's like Jimmy talking about Jimmy over here telling mama, mama and my grandmama, right? This person is over here telling us don't take, pay the bills off. We have all this information coming. And what's happening for a lot of us is that we want to be in the revolution without becoming the revolution. Mm -hmm. What am I saying? I want everybody to type this. I must change. 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 Some changes will be easy. Mm. Some changes will come quick. Some changes will take your dedication, your commitment, your absolute resolution to go if nobody else goes. Yeah. I, I must, must change. I must change. Nobody is exempt from the change process. Yeah. And if you refuse to change, you will remain under the world's dominion. Yeah. Is this making sense to y'all? Right? Now, in the scripture we looked at in John, it tells us that God's promises must be seen as a precious prize. Mm -hmm. When we see something as precious, we protect it differently. Yeah, we do. Once we begin to see that a marriage was a prize, once we begin to see that having abundance was a prize, once we begin to see that taking better care of our health was a prize, mm -hmm. it changed the force that we personally applied yeah, to it. Would absolutely. you agree with that? hundred percent. Absolutely. Absolutely. It, when, when you see, when you make that decision, I see so many people typing it right now. I must change. When you make that decision, there is a force that becomes a partner with you. It's different than when someone says you have to change. When, you, when someone says you have to change, there's no internal fortitude that, that propels you to greatness. But when you make the decision that I must change, it's literally like your, the psychology of your mind starts to tell everything in your body, the way you see things, the way you interact with things. It starts to tell those things that would help you do that to get in alignment. Because the Bible says it like this. The Bible says, for as a man thinketh think in, in his, his heart, heart, so is he. So when I think in my heart, I must change, guess what? Everything else sees me as already what? Changed. And so now I have to walk out that process. Now I got to get involved with the innovation necessary to do it. Now I got to get involved with the evolution necessary to do it. Now I got to get involved with the transformation necessary to do it. Why? Because it's a supernatural force helping me to do it. Does this make sense, guys? Because I really want you to get this. We got some steps, but we don't have to get to all those steps today. I need you, not, not steps, some characteristics. I need you to understand this because I need you to understand why some of you are frustrated. 
I need you to understand why some of you are good people, but nothing's changing in your life because you have not forcefully said I am a. I am not only in the revolution, I am the revolution, mm -hmm. meaning I am willing to change. And this is what we both had to do individually. We have been willing to change even if the other one didn't. Yep. Even if the other one didn't. So what you have to begin to do, this revolutionary mindset, let's also parallel it or, or say a, a synonym of it, is you must become a winner. It's, it's about being a winner. You have to have a winner's mindset. Winners get it done. Yeah. You must become a winner in your own mindset. Mm -hmm. I'll give you a good example. One of the things that I have really committed to is movement. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yesterday, <clears throat> I had to drive from here to Little Rock to a funeral, then be in a funeral for an amazing mentor in my life. And the funeral was three and a half hours, right? I then drove three hours back. That means I have basically sat nine and a half hours, mm -hmm. right? I came in. Some of our best friends were at our house. What did I do? I walked in. I washed the makeup off my face. Said, I, I changed my, clothes. I, I said, I got to get a mile in at least. Yeah. It's about to be dark. I have to get a mile in. Why? Because that is a winner's mindset. Mm -hmm. I must develop a winner's mindset. Did I want to stay there and catch up with everybody else? I did. Did I feel like walking after driving, sitting, driving? No. But I knew that if I had to honor my commitment to myself, and I also knew when I came in, because when I first came in, I was going to say, Strip, get this mile with me right quick. And then I saw what game you was watching. Yeah. I was like, he's not about to get not this mile with me. Mile. But the mile belongs to me. <laughs> yeah. Do you see yeah. what I'm saying? The mile belongs to me the mile was my commitment to myself and when you make a commitment to yourself that's the power right because when you make the commitment to yourself there are going to be obstacles there's going to be opportunities there's going to be things in your life that's going to come it wants to rob you of the commitment you made to yourself but you have to make the decision this is my commitment and i will see it through I will see it through. Why? Because at the end of the day, those obstacles and those things that come, you know, they try to knock you off your game, try to get you to, to, to be uh, dishonorable to yourself and not make not hold on to those commitments. All they do is they work together to make you weaker and weaker and weaker about the commitments that you make to yourself. Oh, that's really they just, good. That's, that's what they're designed to do. If I can get you to forfeit the commitment of the mile yesterday, what can I get you to forfeit today? And if I can get you to forfeit those two things today, what four things can I get you to forfeit tomorrow? And so you have to have this mentality like, hey, I'm going to see it through. And I'm not going to turn around and run away from it, right? I'm not going to run away from it and, 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 and hide and act like, oh, no, I don't want to do it. No, running from it won't save you. You have to see it through. You have, you have to, to see, see it through. through. I want you to say this. I am a champion. Yeah, I'm a and champion. And I do champion stuff. Yeah. I'm not just a champion. I do champion stuff. I like that phrase you used to say when you used to say, how did you say? Revolution may be hard, but I can do hard things. I can do hard things. I can do hard things. I'm a I, winner. I'm a winner. I used to say, I'm a winner, baby. I am a winner. And I need you to know that even if you don't feel like you've had a lot of wins in your life, Jesus has made you a winner. Now I'm going to add another word. We said, okay, a revolutionary is a person um, who is a champion, mm -hmm. right? I'm going to tell you something else a revolutionary is. A revolutionary is an extremist. Yeah. yeah. Is an extremist. I want you to stop and think about this. Who do you know that is excellent at anything that is not an extremist? Yeah. You don't know anyone. You do not know They may anything. show up differently, but if you peel back the layers, they're an extremist. Jesus was an extremist was. about doing the Father's he will. Was. Paul was an extremist about getting the yep. gospel to the Gentiles. Yep. Um, you know, Michael Jordan was an extremist about basketball. Serena was an extremist about tennis. And Coach here, Prime is an extremist. Coach, babe, I'm getting to Coach Prime. <laughs> Hold on. I'm getting to Coach Prime. He's an extremist. And I need you to understand that when I take on a position as an extremist, I will become offensive to mediocre people. Mm -hmm. You need to, baby, you need to write that down and put that in your heart. When I make a decision to become an extremist, I am going I to be it. a champion. I am going to be a revolutionary. I am going to become offensive to mediocre people.
the only people who are offended by my commitment are the mediocre people. And I don't care that they're offended because they're stuck in mediocrity. Nick Saban said the only people who hate winners are losers. Well. He said, uh, and he, he said literally, well, the only people who hate winners are losers. So if you find yourself always hating on people who win, you got to ask yourself some tough questions. Because winners love winners. Winners love winners. Winners love when they win and winners love when other people win. Let me tell you something. Me and Pastor Strick are such winners <laughs> that this is the truth. We pretty much, we don't watch all sports. I like football. I like pro football more than he does. He likes college football more than I do. I like college basketball. Um, but when it gets to the playoffs, Baby, we watch the playoffs of, of everything. everything. We watch the playoffs Volleyball, of baseball, volleyball, tennis, what? golf, curling, 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 gymnastics, bowling. Because we want to see. We want to see people compete at a high level. We want to see what, they what champions in. do. Table we, tennis. We want to see how <laughs> champions respond yes. to pressure. Especially in times of great adversity. And, come show on. me how you show up. Come I on. know everything about you and how you show up in times of adversity. Come on. And I need you to stare yourself up because you won't be a long-term revolutionary until you make a decision to know. Understand this. When you uh, we were laughing about this, this is so hilarious. When we when I was pregnant with Caleb, Caleb's almost 22. Mm -hmm. So 22 years ago, we went to a conference. We heard a Jewish rabbi teach yep. that Jewish rabbi talked about how the problem with the American view of scripture is we see God's instructions as God taking something mm -hmm. instead of God perfect, mm -hmm. protecting us. Mm -hmm. He began to talk about specifically why God told them not to eat pork. Mm -hmm. and, lots of things. The whole diet. Lots of things. He was but lots all of things. Up. But at that time, we yeah. were both big pork eaters. Yep. I looked at you while I was pregnant with Caleb and I said, I will, I'll never eat pork again. Right. So we come back home. You say you, it take you another day or so, but you say, okay, I'm going to join the, the no. Pork. I had to have a funeral for my pork. <laughs> <laughs> you get, you just, you went cold, you went cold turkey on the went, pork. I, I had went. to, I had to have a funeral with mine. I had to, I had to go and have a repass and, and let it know that I wasn't going to be involved in this life no more. <laughs> okay. When we came back and we would go to dinner with people, we didn't say we're not eating pork. Right. We didn't go. Right. We, we didn't, didn't go. Tell we didn't that. come home and say we're not eating pork and you shouldn't eat pork. No, we never did. It's that. just that people began to notice because we would go out and where we would have got a pork chop, we got something else. Or we would say we would have, sometimes we would say you know well they say like, you want these green beans we go well we can't have those and that's we, we, sometimes we would say no they go what you don't like green beans it's not that I don't like green beans I just can't eat those because they were prepared with pork. Oh, you don't eat pork no more? And people got <laughs> so, so mad at us <laughs> yes. because we stopped eating pork. <laughs> Not because we told them right. to stop eating pork. We were just laughing about this the other day. You need to understand that when you decide to be a revolutionary, people are going to get mad. Yes. And I'm going to tell you, I'm, I'm going to tell you why people get mad. I, I really want you to understand why people get mad. If I think we're the same, and you break out, I now don't have a reason why I can't. Mm. See, if we're the same and we're over here talking about the oppression of high blood pressure, the oppression of diabetes, the oppression of living paycheck to paycheck, the oppression of everybody's marriage being raggedy, we think we're the same. Now, you go and change. You go and lose 20 pounds. Mm -hmm. You go and get your blood pressure under control. You go and get rid of diabetes. You go and do this thing. I am now offended that you did it because I don't have an excuse mm -hmm. anymore. I don't have an excuse anymore. Oh, I love that. I love that, Miss Lee. Absolutely. People tend to see your choice as their indictment. That's what happens. People, people see a choice that somebody else makes, and then they take that as you're making an indictment against them. When that's not the case at all. That's an internal thing that people are struggling with. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's an internal thing because that's what conviction is. Mm -hmm. Because conviction says, see, you can get that weight mm -hmm. off. Conviction says, see, you can make more money than mm -hmm. that. Conviction says, see, you can change your marriage, mm -hmm. right? And so that is why you have to be content with being an extremist, understanding the truth of it is 
people, um, somebody asked me Friday night and I thought it was really good. They asked me, they were like, how do you learn? Oh, it was Erica. Erica said, how did you change your mindset about money? This is how we have changed our mindset about every single thing in our life. It looks different for us because we're not wired the right. same, but it's the same strategy. And it's one word, immersion. Mm -hmm. Everybody type immersion. Immersion. It is immersion. Mm -hmm. if, I, if we want to know how to make more money, we immerse ourselves in the state. We literally, and, and literally, if you think about it, our life li literally lives like in a course of, in a series of like summer school. You know how in summer school you well, get- I actually say, instead of summer school, I call it boot camp. Now think about this for just a minute. You don't have to have been in the military to know this, but anyone who's been in the military does know this. You ever wonder why it is that you can take someone who was in the military in 1986 and take somebody in the military who was in the in, who was in the military in '96, and somebody who's in the military in 2006, and they still have the same common language about about rank and about order and how things happen in companies and commands and all of that stuff, and how they can identify a fraud so quickly. Someone who's trying to do stolen valor because they are, have been immersed in the way of the military. When you join the military, they don't care what, they don't care if you're black, white, male, female, whoever you are, you are a private, period. And they immerse you in the culture of that branch of the military. And they, and, and, and they, they I use the word ingratiate you. They ingratiate you in that in the same way they did people 10 years ago. In the same way they're going to do people 10 years from now. And so you meet somebody on this wide spectrum and they all have the same language. That's how believers really ought to be. We ought to be ingratiated in the word of faith. We ought to be ingratiated in this idea that we are winners. We ought to be ingratiated in this idea that we are revolutionaries, that we were not put on this earth to be a part of the system, but to take over this system. Literally what God did is he put us in the earth and stuck the devil down here with us. We, 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 ain't, we think we, we stuck with we, him. We ain't no, stuck he with stuck him. with us. He stuck the devil with us that everywhere he goes, he should be bumping into God-like individuals. He should be terrorized being in the earth, not terrorizing us in the earth. But we got to become revolutionaries to understand. This that. is so good. Christopher Leak, can you pull up his comment, babe? Christopher Leak, he said the fastest way, he said to learn a different language, the most efficient way is, is immersion. immersion. Revolution is a different language. Mm -hmm. Not accepting financial poverty, not accepting sickness, yeah. not accepting a marriage that just makes it. It is a different language. It you is. speak different. So literally, this is our pattern. We're not going to get into the steps today. We're going to, we're right. not. But let, this is our pattern. And you can talk about how you do it. I'll talk about how I'll do it, right? Let's say if we want to learn about healing, okay, what we're going to go and do is we are going to both find the person that speaks the language the clearest to us mm -hmm. because we don't learn the same. Mm -hmm. So I love T.L. T, um, T. Lowry, but he wasn't one of your favorite people for healing, right? You listen to other people. What we're going to do is we're going to spend, we're going to sink in something for about two weeks where literally pretty much every video we watch that's not for entertainment, it's going to be about healing. Every scripture is going to, but in the meantime, we're talking to each other. We're exchanging the language. We're getting the language integrated on the inside of us, right? So that we can, he'll be like, so-and-so said this. I'll be like, so-and-so said this. And then we go, how do we understand it? We, we, it really becomes our language. Now I'm going to tell you a way that people do this. I watched the show when it was live, but I'm watching that a lot of people right now are watching Suits for the first time, mm -hmm. okay? They're watching Suits for the first time because it's been highlighted on Netflix, right? Mm -hmm. One of the things that I'm seeing that people say is, I'm watching Suits and it makes me want to be a lawyer. Mm -hmm. You know why? Because you're being immersed into yeah. a culture that makes you think that practicing law looks like what mm -hmm. you see with Harvey Neal, right? So I am going to have to immerse myself mm -hmm. in what it takes to have a happy marriage. Mm -hmm. I'm going to have to, when, listen, and, and so listen, I would say this, well, tell them how you do it. Yeah, and I want to I highlight this one more time because this is true too. Christopher said this, and this is, the, this is the key for me. This is the key part. It's immersion plus integration. 
That's what's going to yield the results because you can be immersed in something, but if you don't do something with what you have learned, you like if you if you get immersed in the French language, the only way that you get fluent in French is not learning it. It's to speak. It's to it. speak it. You got to speak. You got to speak it. So it's immersion plus the integration that yields the greatest transformation. So for me, what I do because I I tend to learn things like a student, uh, and so. I have to have someone who is teaching whatever I am being, what I'm trying to, whatever I'm immersing myself in. I don't need anyone to really give me the theory. What I, I have to give someone who can give me some, 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 not necessarily steps, but some steps. You mean some steps? <laughs> I, steps. I, I, and for me, I need a, I, I need someone who's going to say, "Here is what this means. Here is how you apply this. Here are the ways." that will come against you from applying it. And then here are the ways you overcome when those things come. When they lay it out like that, then I can learn it. So then I immerse myself in it and then I get out of the lab. I get out of the lab of learning and I go into the real world because I know that's where the integration's gotta happen. I got, how do I, how do I know I got it? The same way you know that if you go to France and you start speaking French, the person who is a native French speaker can understand you. That's that, that you're not saying something in French saying, I want to drink a water and they give you a napkin because you don't use the wrong word. Right. You I, I know that I understand faith when I have immersed myself in it and I get out of the lab of learning and I start to integrate or apply that into my life. And I start seeing the results of what faith produces in my life. Now I know I got it. That's and now what I do is I just keep doing it so I can become more proficient in it in the same way that you would keep speaking the language to become more proficient in that language. And 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 how would you say I learn? Oh, I mean, you read a lot. You read a lot and listen to a lot of videos. I, 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 I really learn by impartation. Yeah, you just hear people say it. I just, yeah. I do this. And, and what happens is for me, in some point, I begin to own it. One of the ways that I know I've started to own something is is the action, but it's the language. And here's what I mean. It's that um, I listened to Pastor Cynthia teach this message one time years ago about my expectation is from God. And it got to the point that I couldn't remember what she said and what I said. Mm -hmm. That it, it literally, one of the ways that you know that you're getting into immersion if you go to FOC is that you may start out saying Pastor Edwin said, Pastor Ralph said, Pastor Sean said, and then it becomes I said. Yeah. And when it becomes I said, that's when it becomes powerful. That's when it becomes powerful. Immersion is Pastor Edwin said, Pastor Sean said, Pastor Chandra said, Pastor Nietzsche said. That's immersion. Integration is when I, I say. say. I say. And when I get immersion and integration, that's when I'm going to start seeing those results happen in my life. Now, the truth of it is, is that most of us are already naturally immersed in an environment. Because by force, so, by, by force of choice. By, yes. Because yes. you grew up in it. Because you didn't you have any choice whatsoever. Or you chose to be in it. So people who are struggling to break through financially, you already have a dominant mm -hmm. language. You Is this making sense? You already have a place where you are saturated. Yeah. What's the word that you like to use? Ingrati ingratiate. ingratiate. You already have been ingratiated in Latin. Mm -hmm. So now you have to become so intentionally forceful to overthrow what was there first to replace it. A great visual that I never forget. It's the idea. Many people have done it before. But if you take a glass of water, okay, take a glass of water and in that glass of water, you put chocolate milk about halfway in that glass of water. I mean, we, well, you took a glass and you put chocolate milk in it. Just chocolate milk about halfway. You, you didn't turn your faucet on, right? You take that chocolate milk and you put it under the faucet and that water starts to run in it. If you just let that water run and run and run, it's going to push that chocolate milk to the top and eventually that chocolate milk is going to flow over. And if you just keep letting it run and run and run, eventually the only thing you're going to have in that cup is water. You have to, that's what immersion looks like. I got whatever I got in me, in my thinking, in my psychology, from my family, from growing up, whatever I've experienced in life. It's in me. I'm, I'm, it's in me. The only way to get it out is I got to put more of something else in me over time. 
continuously, right? There's our definition again, continuously. I got to be innovative with it. I got to have some evolution with it and some transformation with it. And before you know it, that chocolate milk or whatever I got inside of me is going to bubble up and overflow out of me. And then all it's going to be in me is the new stuff I put in me. So that's why the Bible says we have to be washed with the word. Washed with the word. We have to be washed with the word, yes. right? I believe the biggest challenge for most people is that they do not immerse and apply long enough to get transformation. They, they turn the faucet off. They turn the faucet off. They get some of the milk out, but they, but, but they don't get all the chocolate milk out. And what <laughs> happens is I believe you tell you can tell me what you think. I believe that one of the reasons that people do it is that they confuse memorization with application. Yeah, I call it head knowledge, mental ascent. I mentally are seeing. I know the, what the word says. I know what the scripture says. I, I, I can repeat what Sean said, but it hasn't become revelation for me. It's become information, right? It's become mental, mental knowledge, information, but it hasn't become revelation or wisdom for me, the correct application of that. So listen, we're going to stop here. What we want to know this is, is we're just giving you a volleyball, a, a softball pitch. Right, it's soft. We're going to let you knock back the park when we come back. What we want to know is what are your takeaways from this teaching? And, and hear, hear what I'm saying before you answer. Your takeaway that you need to do differently. What do you need to do based on hearing this teaching? I, 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 I think about not not every, but but some area in my life that, that I gotta make the decision that I must change. I must Nothing's going to change if Edwin doesn't change. I must change, and the Word of God will help me. Yeah, I think that's really good. I must change, and the Word of God will help. So me. listen, while we're waiting on to see what your comments, because we definitely want to know what you think, because we want you. Do you see what we mean when we say this is a teaching ministry? So we want to give you an opportunity if you want to give your life to the Lord, if you want to rededicate your life to the Lord, if you want to become a partner of FOC, we want to give you an opportunity to do that, right? Um, the first step in all of this always is giving your life mm -hmm. to Jesus. You need to give your life of Jesus, right? Um, I love what Erica said. She said, one big takeaway is my change is my responsibility. Mm -hmm. Stop waiting on loved ones to want to go with me. So many people are going to get to heaven and didn't live their destiny because they were waiting on someone else to go with them. One of the things that I have learned is that there are times you've had to go first for me to even mm -hmm. understand it. There are times that I've had to go first in sure. order for you to understand it, right? Um, Christopher Leake said, my marriage don't change if I don't change. That's right. Joshua said, I need to do more than say I must change. I need oh. to immerse myself mm -hmm. in what I need to change mm -hmm. to. Right. Mm -hmm. Lisa said revolution requires change and application. Mm -hmm. So my second question is, what is the change and the application that you will begin holding yourself accountable to today? Mm -hmm. Not tomorrow, today, because one of the things that we know about change is that if you don't take immediate action, you get talked out yeah. of it. Time robs you of the motivation, the, the intensity, the intensity. Yes, yes, yes. 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 Yeah. Now, listen, we can see this happening because I, I wanted to end by talking about Coach Prime. Yep. Coach Prime is so convinced that he is a winner and he has the strategies to make someone a winner that he is literally doing what nobody thought could be done. Nobody thought it was possible to go to a new school and to get a whole new team 83 new players. 83 new players and begin to be able to do that. But I guarantee you, if we were hanging with Coach Prime with those players, we would see he is immersing them in a culture. In a, in a culture of belief of winning. Not that, we, not that we're going to get better to win. We are winners now. We are winners now. It's a different mentality. We are, we are winners now. And, 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 you know, not going to be on sports broadcast, but at the end of the day, we know because we watch a lot of sports, nobody picked them to be 2-0 at this point. 
Nobody did. And that and people can say, well, you know, we saw it come. No, no, you're saying that now. But the reality of it is, is he was willing to be a revolutionary. He said, I'm willing to go to a place and I'm willing to do something that's never been done in college sports. What's that? Dismiss everybody from the team except for two players. I'm willing to do something that no one else has ever done. I'm willing to go out into the portal and get 81 new players and bring them in. I'm willing to have a team of 83 new people. And when everybody tells me that I need to be focusing on culture first, I'm not going to worry about the culture. I'm going to focus on winning. Because if I focus on winning, winning is the culture that I want. And now here he is 2-0 and and everybody's saying, oh, everybody's going to be looking for the portal. Sometimes you have to be the person to go first. I think Nate said that first. I think Nate said that. He said sometimes you got to go alone. So, so, so Prime did something alone. You may have to do something alone, but trust and believe when it shows up the way it's showing up for him, there'll be other people looking at you saying, can you teach me how to do it? I think this is a key distinction, and you can put up the information that people can give today, but I think this is a key distinction. You must believe you are a winner first. First. I'm, I want you to know this. I never made any real money until I believed it first. So you believed it first. I was doing, the truth of it is, you will say, I was doing the same stuff, but I didn't produce any money until my belief changed. Immersion is about changing my belief. Yes. The purpose of immersion is to change my belief. How was it that Harriet Tubman was in the same slavery as other people yeah. and she not only got free, but she led other people to freedom too? It wasn't her circumstances. It was her belief about her circumstances. You have to begin to believe that whatever is facing you, hear me, I don't care how many times you've tried to get out of debt. I don't care how many times you've tried to lose the weight. I don't care how many times you worked on your marriage. You have to make a decision that I have what it takes to dominate this situation. And because I believe I have it, I hold myself accountable to delivering what I believe is in me. Amen. That's it right there. Like it, I, it's got to be nobody can. We always say this. The one thing we can't give y'all is resolve. Yeah. We can't make you resolute. You got to get the gumption on the inside of you that says, I've been broke long enough. I've been sick long enough. I've been going through long enough. If that means for the rest of the year, I don't get on social media again, except to watch the pastors teach. So be it. But I will not go into January. This is how we talk to each other mm -hmm. at home. We like, I will not go into January like this. Mm -hmm. I will never be and get to a point I don't have a thousand dollars again. I will never do that again. You have to raise your own standards. Mm -hmm. Revolutionaries raise their standards. They set the standards. They don't succumb to the standards. That's it. And, and you got to be smart enough to understand one of the things I think that I'm so glad that we were both like this. We understand that success leaves clues. Success leaves clues. So when we find someone who is successful doing it the way that we, we've been called to do it, we look at their life and we see what they're doing. And so one of the things we talked about earlier is this idea of that you ought to be a tither. And then you need to learn to pay yourself and then pay your bills. That people say, people say, well, how can I get you out of out of debt? Listen, it worked. It worked. <laughs> it worked. It worked. What we learned to do was to give God what He asked. We didn't argue with people. We didn't try to get deep and figure it out. We said the people that we know who are living the life that we want to live. When we said, okay, we want their kind of life, what are they doing? They're saying to us, listen, Edwin and Sean, y'all are young at that time. They were saying, y'all are young. Here's what you need to do: pay your tithe. Pay yourself and then pay your bills. We it didn't make a lot of sense, but we knew what we were doing wasn't working. It's like that Dr. Field thing. What he say is, how's, how's that, that working for you? you? So what we was doing wasn't working for us. So why not try it? And I'm telling you, we we since not, I keep getting the year is it 2000 not, November 1999. November of 1999. We have not missed the tie since November of 1999. We have we listen. We started paying ourselves. And then we paid our bills. We're not telling you don't pay your bills, but we made a commitment to pay ourselves. And the more we pay, the more we tied, and the more we paid ourselves, guess what? The more money we had to pay bills. The more money we had to pay bills. And so we did pay those bills off. And so we do live out a level that's very different than what we did 20 years ago. Why? Because Thank we learned Lord. to do it God's way. And I'm telling you that you should do that too. And if you think, hey, if you want to have some success, then follow the leader. 
And the way you can do that if you're a part of this ministry is by participating in the giving of, of, of your tithe and your offerings. It works. When you render to God, God comes alongside Because God you. is faithful. He is faithful. He's he faithful, faithful, baby. And the way you can do that is on your screen. Ways to give. You can give to GiveLify, push, pay, tithely, text to give. Or if you are one of our international partners, which means you do not live in one of these 50 United States of America because you happen to live in Germany. You happen to be in Kenya. You happen to be in South America or you happen to be in Germany somewhere. Listen, you can use PayPal. You can use PayPal by simply going to FOCChurchNWA at gmail.com. Go to PayPal and then you use that FOCChurchNWA at gmail.com and you can give that way. And we bless you and we thank you in advance for your tithes, your offerings, and your giving. We encourage you to listen to this again. A couple times. A couple times. Our challenge to you is to listen to this at least three times before Sunday. In fact, what I'm going to do is I'm going to take this broadcast and I'm going to schedule it for Tuesday at 12. So those of you who used to come to Ed Talk, this is what's going to be playing at 12 o'clock. So that way, if you say, I, you know, I have my lunch break, you ain't going gonna to be out this week. I am. But you can come back and listen to this. I love that. That is so good. We're excited to go over to the huddle. If you're in Northwest Arkansas, we're about to see you. We're about to minutes. get it in the All huddle. Right. Thank you to everybody. Erica, what's up? It's so good to have you on the live. Send me a message, girl. Let's catch up. Listen, I love y'all. Pray for Pastor Edwin I. Listen, what we want you to pray. Pray that we had the best vacation we've ever had before. Pray that we don't have no trouble getting there or any trouble getting back. That's what we want you to pray. Amen. All right. We love y'all. Have a great day. Come to the huddle if you're in Northwest Arkansas. Become a partner of FOC. Bye-bye.